0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Fogon Fiction Podcast. Our guest today is Richard Waters.
1: You may better well know him as Ness. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me on to your newly christened podcast.
0: Not a problem, man. I'm I'm glad to talk with people, as I've said, because my work is shut down. I've maybe had a conversation with not even a handful
1: of people, so it's good to talk to people. Well, you know, uh if this ever this situation we're dealing with ever gets back to normal, you can always uh load up the podcast and ask one of your, your boomer uh patrons, you know, once you finally let those guys back in. Uh so I mean they're probably they're probably lined up outside of uh, your 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 bar right now as we speak. So, you know, plenty to go around. Oh, a hundred
0: percent. I've had so many coworkers tell me that um the patrons have added them on Facebook just to ask like when the bars get going to reopen and things, and they're lost on the list, probably expecting probably September, could be earlier, because the cases have started to get pretty low in Australia, but who knows? We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, may- maybe you get wave two, or I don't know. It's kind of weird hearing you talk about that. I was like, they still sell alcohol in the stores right now, so...
0: Yeah, you still go to the the bottle shops here. Um, as I'm sure you're aware Australia is pretty heavy with the drinking. So if, if they shut the bottle shops here, there'd they'd be protests in the streets, just like the yeah. US as well. I think they said the alcohol sales went up like 440% or something ridiculous when all the bars shut, like it, the sales of bottlers, I should say, uh, bottle shops.
1: I think I actually saw my first protester outside on my way home from work. It was like they were... One guy was like in camouflage, holding a, like a the Tea Party logo, and then another guy had something else. And they were, I think they were trying to get us to honk or something. But they said like open up the state, so they're getting they're starting to even here where I'm at.
0: Well, I can't say I've been counted any uh, protests in my area. Not that I live in a major city or anything like that. But uh, most Australian people, as long as they can get drunk, that they don't tend to protest so people seem to be pretty chill like that so i'm going through your list for the pw video game draft and i have to say i love your theme of the games you chose for the list for people listening some of the fantastic games Nest chose were superman 64 sonic the hedgehog 2006 wwe 2k20 which is on sale now if you want to crash a playstation Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero, Mighty Number 9, Castlevania II, Simon's Quest, No Man's Sky, Bubsy in Claws, Encounters of the Third Kind, which I thought was a good game as a kid. And some other good games on there. Um, Have you played any of these uh, infamous games? You just kind of went through and was like, oh, yeah, this game doesn't have the best reputation. That'd be uh, pretty amusing to put that on the list.
1: Yeah, I was just, like, half-assing it and just going I, – I thought I was going for, like, a maybe a so bad it's good. Let's see if I can actually win with this. Not really win, but, like, get out of the first round. And, like, some of them are just, like, you know, from years of, like, AVGN and those type of reviewers. You know, they kind of made them infamous, like TMNT for the NES, which I almost wanted to draft, but I actually kind of liked that one even if I never actually beat it. And I haven't played all the games that you mentioned, but like Bubsy and the the Sub-Zero game. So most of them, you know, just, just had that reputation of really bad. It's just I never bothered to play like Superman 64. I, I don't know if anyone's ever actually beaten that first level to even see it to the end.
0: I've unfortunately played Superman sixty-four through an emulator. I think I got to the, the second level. Me and my friends uh just download like crappy games uh, as a joke and just play them on the PC. And I, I watched it was an A V G N video of them getting to the end. I don't know how they had the patience to get through it. It was just it's just excruciating. I remember funnily enough, because um, games are normally a hundred dollars um AUD when they come out here. I remember as a kid I only had $60 to spend, and they had Superman 64 in a glass case. And I wasn't even a Superman. I just saw it and I'm like, oh, I wanted Superman, but it was 100 dollars I ended up getting Glover, because that's working for because it's $60. Man, am I glad I made that decision and got Glover instead of Superman 64.
1: But the thing is, like with that list, eventually I think I I drafted uh Mass Effect 3. And I thought that was like a universal. I never played that series, so I honestly thought that was like a universally panned game. So I was just continuing the trend, and then the rest of the board was like, "Oh, looks like Ness is turning it around." I'm like, well, that wasn't my intention, but I guess we'll go with it.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, it's one of those things you see online that a lot of people hate because I've heard so many people complain about the Mass Effect three ending was terrible it ruined the franchise and he sent people like oh, i like it like oh i swore online for example people always said they hated saying anger you know rule metallica for them they weren't into it every time I, I talk to a metallica fan in person they're like
1: oh what's wrong with saying anger yeah i'm not the biggest metallica fan but i think and i have to blame like a lot of this on like pro wrestling wwe because a lot of their pay-per-views are like surrounded by like the top charted uh, rock songs, at least in that 2000 to 2010 era. And so they were playing it. I don't remember if it was associated with the pay-per-view or not, but I'm pretty sure it was. And then when I would hear it, I was like, Oh, this is pretty good. And I actually, I never listened to the rest of the album. So I don't know if it's the whole album or just that song itself, but I can see why some people hate it because just just some of the lyrics I, I heard. I had a friend at the time try and compare it to like uh, taking a shit. He said because there's something more. They say push it out, and so it's like I can I can see that. But it's definitely not a song I think I've ever heard on regular play on the radio on like all their other stuff. I don't think I've ever heard it since you know that that first year. So with the you know the inner Sandman, uh, Unforgiven, that it's definitely not part of their uh their concert lineup that's for sure yeah
0: i've only listened to basically the hit songs that come out basically but it's like um let the bodies hit the floor like that song's forever ruined i remember early days of youtube any wrestling compilation would be like top 50 moves of of said person that'd always be the song no matter what
1: yeah i think uh like a lot of bands from at least the early 2000s, kind of get a bad rap because they were just associated with, like, early YouTube, uh, wrestling, anime music videos, like the, you know, the new metal era of Linkin Park, Evanescence, Disturbed. It's just like, and and they're kind of associated with that because when I hear them on the radio, I'm, I'm instantly thinking of, like, a Dragon Ball fight scene or just, they just almost feel like they're tailor-made for that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny when uh, some music like that
0: went to a a phase where they're pretty popular and people are like, oh, this music's crap, it's only for this. And then I've noticed when albums are starting to hit the 15-year mark or so, they suddenly become classics. And people are like, this was an amazing album, and people kind of change their tune once they hit the 15-year mark. And a lot of albums I like, they're hitting around that stage now.
1: Yeah, I don't know if... Uh if it ever reached that point with this band but i noticed that uh everyone unanimous and i'm not talking about nickelback but that's another one kind of in the theme but i noticed everyone completely shits all over you know limp biscuit when everyone loved them seemingly back in the day uh i think the only time i'll hear them these days is they'll play my way and that's kind of like Wrestling fans love it because of its uh, association with WrestleMania 17. Is like they say that's the greatest hype video of all time, and I might hear break stuff on the on the radio, but other than that, like if if you had like a CD uh, collection and someone's visiting your house and they see like Lamb Biscuit, they'll like judge you for this. Like, really, dude, Lamb Biscuit? But I, I just remember I think I was either in middle school or just starting high school, and like everyone was like obsessed with them and then you know like turn of the century and then just everyone's like yeah Limbiscuit's crap
0: yeah I remember um I think it would have been 10 when Rolling came out and that was on the the video hit show just constantly always overplayed people like oh it's amazing then as you said a few years go by and like Limbiscuit are crap now it's just funny how people send seem to have like a very short-term memory I'm like no this band was actually all right and then as I said we're like we'll see how old the first album gets and then it'll be released oh this is a classic album
1: of the 2000s yeah I think um like because you said Roland and I was obviously associated with Undertaker for a while until he like went to the Kid Rock song American Badass and then he became Dead Man again but during that phase, just I could see like the wrestlers definitely like getting sick of their song, especially if they don't like it anyways, just because it's fun to hear it like on TV or if you, you're seeing them live, but, you know, just hearing that like four or five days a week at minimum for them and especially like Randy, because he didn't like his the song that came before Voices. So that must have drove him crazy.
0: yeah. <laughs> And it's pretty funny. The amount of people I uh, know that they, they, you just think how many times you have to hear your own theme song, you just no matter what it is, you're gonna get annoyed by. It, especially if you're gonna hear it five times a week. But I've liked all the Randy Orton's theme songs. I can't say I have any complaints towards them.
1: Yeah, I think he's always had pretty good ones. I don't remember like he. I'm I'm sure like whatever his random instrumental one he had before Evolution when he first debuted as the blue chipper, I'm sure that wasn't very good, but you know, evolution voices. I even like the I think it's mercy drive one when he turned face after, uh, after getting kicked out of evolution that I actually like that. Cause there, uh, there's a lot of wrestling songs I like just in general, but uh, a lot of times it's hard to play those in public just because of that stigma of wrestling. Just people know what it is. It's like, uh, it's like wearing a wrestling shirt in public. If it has like a big old logo, people like judge you for it.
0: Yeah, I've noticed now that uh, I don't see wrestling shirts anywhere in public, except
1: sometimes it's a Bullet Club shirt, and then I've even count of people who don't even know it's a wrestling shirt. Yeah, I think it probably helps that that was sold in like Hot Topic and stuff, and it it doesn't it's not one of those uh, WWE logo shirts that so they got the big thing, so you can't get around it. But it's wrestling shirts are pretty they ever since the NWO, they've kind of stuck to that uh, black shirt, white text type of thing. Very other than John Cena, they pretty much have never like strayed away from that. But the Bullet Club one is definitely like a good design, especially like all the uh, the spoofs of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And not only that, like, obviously, they have cheaper deals and so forth in the WWE, but, like, the NWA shirts and the Bullet Club shirts, you normally pay per color. So if you're only paying for the one white color and a black T-shirt, that's going to be really cheap. So you're obviously making a pretty good profit on that as opposed to, like,
1: the Asuka shirts I've seen that seem to have every color in the rainbow on it. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, the only time I really see wrestling, like, every once in a while... I'll see one out in public. And the only reason I know it is just because I recognize it. Like, I think I've seen a, a Seth Rollins one. And when NXT was first becoming like a big thing, I remember seeing one of those shirts. But other than that, unless you're like waiting in line to get into the arena at a wrestling show, I really don't see him too often, but cause, you know, wrestling is like, I don't know. Like I didn't get, I didn't start following it intently until like, the attitude era. So I don't know, like, during the the new generation era, if it was just so the fans were just so low as far as the population is concerned. But right now, even before, like, the corona stuff where they're having empty arena stuff with the ratings in the toilet, but I don't know, the past, like, 10 years, it seems like it's just been the lowest amount of fan interest of all time, at least since I've been following it. Oh,
0: definitely. There's so many people I have a conversation with of all ages that will just tell me, Oh, I stopped watching wrestling in about 2002. So, certain people say they did watch it at some point of time, but they haven't watched in 10, 20 years. There'll maybe be no Undertaker, Triple H, and that's about it. And a few people are still wrestling. But meanwhile, encountering a current fan is very rare, at least in my era. Yeah.
1: I think uh, a lot, because you don't really meet people that, are new fans. Cause it seems like they're not really making new fans. And like when you, when you, when people learn you're a wrestling guy, or you like wrestling, when you talk about it, I've made the mistake, like a job I had, like we started talking about it, like Brock Lesnar. And then he mentioned like wrestling moves, like the octopus stretch and things like that. And so it's like, Oh, he must be a fan like me. So I open up a little bit. He's like, Oh no, I remember it from back in the day. And this was before, uh, Brock came back and like what was it, 2014 or whenever it was after UFC. So he was like it was during his first run that this guy was a fan. So it's like it's whenever you bring it up, they always bring up the NWO Austin era, Randy Savage when when wrestling was you know really popular mainstream and you don't you don't see too much. I mean maybe John Cena stuff and then they'll, they'll know about The Rock because he's like the biggest star in hollywood right now but other than that you don't you don't really hear too much about current stuff like from like the past 10-15 years maybe like they might talk about it around mania time but you don't really hear too much about you know new stars
0: yeah the funniest thing i've had with uh Mm -hmm. customers that a baby room is they mentioned they had um Australian wrestling which is also called WCW and they go real old school They're like oh I remember Killer Kowalski and the claw and this really old school stuff that I've maybe only seen a little bit of there's one guy that comes to the club and always mention it to me I'm like wow that's in reverse it's going way before my time that there's maybe some clips that in black and white and people tell me oh when I watched it back in my day it was real and am like oh, yeah I yeah. hate to break it to you
1: <laughs> yeah there was a. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Being in Australia, did did you ever uh, encounter the TV show Roseanne? Yeah. Well, there's. I guess there's an episode, one of the later seasons where they actually go to a wrestling show. It's like I, it's like a. I think it's like a women's one, and the, where they uh, they actually brought them back to the house, and then they're saying, "Oh, we're our stuff is real. The stuff you see on TV with Roddy Piper, that stuff is fake." And I always got to kick out of uh, little things like that. Just seeing and like on, I think on Boy Meets World they had Vader on there. I just just seeing wrestlers just appear randomly on uh TV shows as a wrestling fan, I always kinda like that. I was like, oh, they're actually they're actually stars too. They're they're not just you know crazy guys that go around the country in their little their circus tents.
0: Yeah, I've noticed they used to do a lot better job with the cross promoting stuff because when you see it now. It's the most awkward, like, manufactured, sponsored thing. They'll be like, oh, WWE person really awkwardly having a guest appearance
1: on yeah. some crappy
0: show, and that's about it. He's clearly telling, oh, check out this phone or
1: something, and that'll be it. And the funny thing about that is, like, even uh, – I saw a clip recently of uh, – I think it was, like, a, on ESPN or a sports type of show. They had Triple H and Stephanie, and that reminded me, like, even when they bring – them on like tv shows they're interviewing even the uh the news anchors and the people they always go back to like the classic era it's like no one's like oh yeah I love uh Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. it's just like no it's like oh you remember when Ricky Steamboat was doing this it's just they've never really gotten it seems like from 2005 on like wrestling might as well not even have existed to most of the population
0: Oh exactly. I've encountered that problem because a few times when we want to promote shows, we just ring up the newspaper and they're on nice. It was basically free advertising and they do an article, this shows on they'd always ask questions like, Would you wrestle the rock? And just the most basic, stupid mm. questions. You have people that, as you said, only you know a little bit of back in the day. I'm like, Yes, I'll I'll call the rock up right now and see if he wants to fly to Australia and have a match.
1: Yeah, it's like uh for like indie shows or just like the smaller federations we the posters are always like kind of goofy. They just got like all random stars. And I always thought before I kind of understood the inner workings, like a former WWE star that was just like a mid Carter who did nothing. like We'll just say we're Dupree. They put him on there and I kind of get it now because people really only n- know guys like that. So they'll say, oh yeah, I remember that guy. And I guess it must work. So since you were kind of in the business, would, would say like, former WWE superstar does that actually help like does that change anything as far as like attendance or ticket sales do they does cuz i figured they're probably making a decent buck do they actually i guess put asses in the seats if you will oh
0: definitely um yeah it really helps cuz kim monroe also in australia so your odds of bumping into a us wrestler at the gym or something are really low but for example um we had well, not my promotion, but um when I was trained at AWF, uh Eugene came to the show. Most people were like, oh, Eugene's a mid card, whatever. But when you had um lots of kids attending the event, he had the perfect gimmick for it. I saw him at the at the merch table and it was just kids just absolutely loved him. And it was hilarious because how good his gimmick is mm-hmm. that I only seen him in character, you know, he has like he was special, that was his gimmick. And then when I first met him, it's just he's just normal. Hey you going? Hi, I'm Nick. And that was his just obviously it was completely normal. And you see him just go out to the crowd and just snap it on. And then,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's, that's one of those weird things. Because, like, with uh, TNA and Impact, like, ever since, like, the beginning, they would, like, when uh, someone from the big leagues gets fired or gets released, they're like, oh, they're going to go here. And a lot of times they did. And since their ratings never, like, changed, they're always at that 1.1 forever. I wasn't sure if like uh if these stars make a difference, but they probably do like on a smaller level.
0: Yeah, I've noticed it's mostly WWE guys seem to get the better crowds. Like one show I went to um they had some Dragon Gate guys there. It didn't really seem to make much of a difference with the crowd. And some of the factor in um exactly when they're gonna hold a show. Like I went to a show they had uh Billy Kidman, Nigel McGuinness, Daniel Bryan, Kid Cash. And there would have been about 20 people in the crowd because they started the show at 8 o'clock on a Sunday night. Like, what were you thinking was going to happen? Most people had to go to work the next day, and I just couldn't believe how much money they would have had to lose on the show. And I tell people now, they're like, well, like, um, Brian Danielson was there, Daniel Bryan, and everything. I'm like, yep, and there was 20 people there.
1: And I don't know, sometimes I think, and even WWE is guilty of this, is just, like, doing a a really crappy job of, like, promoting things. Because, like, even even then when they visit, I like, if I actually turn it on the TV, they'll actually be in my town or at least the closest arena. And it's like, I had no idea. So other than, like, getting in the car and hearing mm-hmm. them giving away tickets on the local radio station, I don't really hear too much, like, about – promoting obviously nowadays isn't really a thing because no one can go in the crowd but you don't really see them like pushing it too much and one thing i have noticed and i don't know if it's just my local area or maybe it's just like dj's in general but they are, at least the rock stations around here they seem to like love wrestling cuz they're always playing like the themes and then talking about it like when it when it gets a little bit of press, like when Jim Cornette got fired, they were talking big about that. And like, I'm just, just flipping through the stations, and I'm hearing Hardy Boy's theme, Seth Rollins, his one, his current one. It's just, uh, they're big fans. or Either that or the WWE songs are just like stock music for them. Yeah, It's probably the cheapest song they can get the rights to to play that might also
0: factor into yeah. it. So a lot of bands I used to really enjoy that have really heavy samples of like movie clips and things like that. And now bands that like, don't do that anymore because they know even two seconds of a sample from a movie, they put that song on YouTube. That's going to get demonetized and go to whoever owns said movie.
1: Yeah. They figure, you know, they're they're going to notice Freebird and Bohemian Rhapsody, but they might not know about, you know, this this random wrestling theme, hopefully.
0: So back to music, have you been to many um, live concerts sort of thing? Like obviously not recently because you can't go, but is there any
1: band you've checked out in person you really enjoyed? No, actually, I can't say for sure that I've been to like uh, like a concert or anything. It's just, it's never been like, I, it's never been something I've like really wanted to like see live because music to Like everyone's passionate about music, but me, it's just kind of a not really a background noise, but nothing. I'm like really wanted to see them in person or get, get a T-shirt or, you know, just. And I guess if you're asking that, are you like a big into music? Like, is that like an experience? Because speaking of wrestling, they always they used to say like the rush is indescribable. There's nothing like seeing it live. Would you say that's like different when you I guess it would depend on the band because I hear like Tool is like really, really good live or just, they put on a real show for you.
0: Oh, Tool are amazing live. I've seen them twice. I was uh, in the front row both times. So the first time I went, like it was enjoyable, but so we got there, I'm right at the front and this guy behind me, like everyone just keeps pushing. So, you know, this guy's pushing up against me all night. It's sweaty. There's no ventilation. So that wasn't. The greatest. And there's one guy there carrying on because, you know, Tool has some of the softer songs. And then he starts going, Oh, I thought Tool was was a heavy metal band. What's this crap? And whatever. And then this guy just just gets him the German suplex position and just throws him to the security guard and that stopped the pushing for the rest of the night because he's just constantly people pushing against the barricade. But then I saw them uh recently this year. And I was very glad I did because the rest of the tour is obviously canceled. And, yeah, they're just amazing. They're very strict. Uh, It annoys a lot of people. They have no phone recording whatsoever. They warn you about 20 times. There's no recording, no photos. So many people get told. And then I went on Twitter the next day. Someone's like, oh, I took a photo tour and I got kicked out. This is
1: BS. It's like how many warnings did you want? You know? yeah. Yeah, like it doesn't matter like how many times you tell those people that uh at my local theme park, they, you hear it all the time. And like, I was on a roller coaster. We were going up the lift hill, like right at the beginning. Some dude had his phone out and they they must have cameras all over because that thing came to a halt and uh, made him put it away. It's like, and then, you know, the rest of the people in the back was like, well, maybe if some idiot would listen to the rules, it's just, people are just like, it's just background noise. Like Charlie Brown's teacher talking, it's like, no one pays attention. It's just like we got our own thing. And it's it's kind of hard, you know, because there's you're so attached to it and it's so integrated as our way of life that, you know, people people don't people don't want to hear it out. That's for them, not me.
0: Yeah, I've had that experience as well. Going to theme parks There's one ride, one of those like giant drop rides, you know, it just takes you up and then you just drop. There's a guy with a hat and thongs on like flip flops. And he's like, oh, why can't I take them on? I'm just thinking, because uh, of gravity. Gravity, you're not going to see them again. Like, how do you not get that? <sighs> like, your, ha- your hat's going to fly off. Your flip-flops are going to fly off.
1: You're not going to get yeah, them I back. Think, I think I was on one of those drop towers recently, and as they're lo- setting us all in, checking the seatbelts, there's, like, an old man with, like, he had, like, everything. Like, a cane, all this stuff. One of the attendants came up to him It's was like, I can take that for you, sir. And his response was, no, I'm okay. As if they're just going to let you go up there with all that, you know, 300 <laughs> feet in the air. Well, Like, like they're, ju- Oh, we're just trying to help you out. No, they're trying to, you know, be safe about this. It's just, it's just ridiculous.
0: So are the theme park's pretty good in your area. Cause um, the only theme park really, Oh, no, there's two theme parks in uh, New South Wales. There's, Luna Park in Sydney which is okay it just has the basic rides and we have Wet n Wild is just like a water park but all the big big three theme parks are in the Gold Coast we have Movie World, Dream World there's another Wet n Wild up there but if you want, basically want to go to a good theme park you're gonna
1: travel interstate so how are the theme parks in your area? Um, there's two biggish ones in my uh, in my state I mean they're not like Universal Disney World big but like they're, they got sizable coasters. Like there is one I can actually kind of see from my balcony. Cause I'm on like third floor over here and I'm only like a few lights away from the actual park, but they have like, they have that drop tower and they, they have an Eiffel tower looking thing. And they just built a new 300 foot, uh, giga coaster. And I can actually see the top of the lift hill from my balcony. If I look out and then there's another one about four hours away. That one's about the same size. They're pretty good. And uh, like I was planning before all this went down to travel to to another state to go, you know, just spend a few days at one, but obviously that's not happening. And I actually do follow like a lot of like coaster enthusiasts, like blogs and forums and you know, they're kind of delusional, like, oh, they're they're going to open it up any day now. It's like, well, they're barely letting us uh, go grocery shopping and, you know, but yeah, they're going to just keep us six feet apart on one person per three rows of uh, ride. It's like, I don't see it happening this year. So we'll see, we'll see how it fares next year. But I'm just not putting my hopes up for that kind of opening up as far as the economy goes.
0: Yeah, we've had a similar thing here because obviously a lot of people here want pubs and clubs open and they've just um, announced a three-step program, like step one, this is what we want to have. And it's things like you can have 10 people at your house and then you'll see like the headline would be like, Australia to open up. And people think, oh, everything's going to open up. You could go to the pub, you could have a party, you have a huge gathering, have a 500-person wedding. And then you read it, it's like, oh, you can have 10 people. You can have a few people at a cafe and a restaurant, and that's basically it. And people still seem to be under the
1: delusion that everything's just going to open up in like a month or so. Yeah, I think like maybe Disneyland in Shanghai, I don't know if that's China or what, but where they're trying to do, I guess, uh, like a reservation system, right? I guess maybe max capacity, let's just say 200 for the sake of this and i guess if you register you can get in and so i don't know how that would work like if they're free to open it up like is there distancing is there plexiglass in between seats i just because you know the the parks are there to make money so building all this stuff and they probably still have to pay you know rent and utilities for having their parks so they gotta they want they don't want to come at a complete loss but it's like is it really worth it to even open up for like a few hundred people for 12 hour days? So I don't know.
0: Yeah. That's the thing that people keep saying about my work uh, reopening. Cause I work in a huge club, like people check at PW. It's just like the same old man. They imagine like one of those like old school, like uh, redneck bars you see in movies. But the thing is even on a Monday night we, cause there's a restaurant there, there's a big gaming room with our uh, poker machines, like slot machines. And say so we have functions, that people have a weddings and thing, things. A lot of those, because I think even when it opens back up, it's going to be a maximum of 100 people per area. I think we have about 150 slot machines, so there's still going to be restrictions everywhere. And I'm kind of thinking like, is this really going to be viable in the future? Because I think a lot of social stuff isn't going to be around for a while. It's pretty much until um, they find a vaccine. It's going to change. A lot of things because the whole point like obviously they have business meetings and stuff but the whole point of a club is to socialize they're trying to do social distancing in a place that exists to socialize is kind of very hard
1: yeah i don't know about that especially when like depending on your local government they want everyone wearing masks like my work recently has like wanted us to like wear masks so like, I don't know. I see a lot of customers wearing them. It's kind of like 50 50 those that do. But so I don't I don't know. It's like you got half of the you know, the population It's like, oh, it's a hoax. It's just the flu, bro. And things like that. It's like, well, I don't know for sure. But it's 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 certainly not nothing. That's for sure, You know.
0: Oh, 100%. Like, oh, I just don't get the people's attitude to it, especially that are elderly. Like, I don't want it and I'm fairly young. You see people at 70 like, oh, it's just the flu. I'm like, even then, the flu isn't the cold. Like, many people say, oh, I got the flu when they just had a cold. I'm like, still, that isn't the same thing. The flu can kill you.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think people just look at the flu as, like, just a, the common cold on steroids. It's just like... A, Instead of like sneezing, coughing, it's just a lip, a harder sneeze or something. Like I've never had the flu myself, so I don't know for sure. But thousands apparently die from it. I just learned that because of all this. I didn't think anyone died from the flu. I thought, was, yeah, like most people, I thought it was just like an an extreme cold or something. Yeah, like being theme parks
0: before this um, went down. I took two weeks. Like, coronavirus is around, but they just had one case in Sydney. The biggest problem here is, like, even though Australia is an island, there's obviously planes flying in here. And they had um, a huge problem with cruise ships. And look up the Ruby Princess. that has been the pretty much biggest cause of cases in my state. But I remember we were going to go to Luna Park with my friend that I cancelled on. And I'm like, oh, no, man, it's probably not a good idea with this, the coronavirus going around. This before anyone's really taken seriously and he's kind of, kind of shitty with me. And then the day we were planning to go Luna Park had to end up shutting anyway, because I remember even before this, I'd always tell people at work, you know, you're touching money. It's the filthiest thing in the world you, from people that don't wash their hands and you dirty money. Like, wash your hands all the time. People are like, oh, yeah, just kind of not take me seriously. And then when that came in, they're like, yeah, yeah, I should have listened to what you said. And just people just scrubbing their hands, getting rashes, how much hand sanitizer that have gone on it. So it's just interesting to see people's attitudes change from like oh this isn't a big deal and
1: it's close to your area they're like yeah i might just stay home yeah it's i don't know i think going forward like even with the vaccine i just wonder if like not necessarily all of this like because you know half the people aren't even uh truly following it anyways but i just wonder if like even a year 18 months from now if like this will just be like not necessarily a new normal, but like kind of like implementing it as just our daily lives from now on. Like, I, I, I don't know how that would work, but you know, just like distant, like a lot of it, those stuff we should have been doing, like, you know, washing, washing your hands. Like that is just something most people, at least out in public and, you know, at, at work and when they're out in a restaurant, don't really pay too much attention to or bother with. And then because cause my dad is the type of person, like, he always made fun of me when I'd come out of the restroom and I, there's no clean towel, so I come and get a paper towel. He's like, oh, did you pee on your hands or something? It's like, you know, there's you're in the bathroom, so you should, you know, wash them anyways.
0: Oh, exactly. I read something that was like all these um, outbreaks and viruses spread around. They said if people actually wash their hands properly at airports – the spread would go down something like 40% if people just bother to wash their hands properly. Because the international airport, people just go in, run their hands under the water and walk out. And then they fly to other countries and obviously it's going to spread everywhere.
1: Yeah, and that's just, you know, if they're even bothering with the, uh, the token rents because, you know, sometimes at work, I'm just hiding out, you know, on the stall or whatever, or just sitting there not actually doing anything. I hear someone come in, go about their business, not even not even turning the water on at all. Just straight out the door. It's like, well, okay, that happened. <laughs> so Yeah, and it's gonna go see that touch their face. Yeah. Like, I think I doing? think it's because they didn't know I was in there. Like, I think they're the type of person that's like, wash it if someone else is in the bathroom or if someone uh comes in the door while they're still in there. It's like, oh, I guess I gotta. I wash my hands now. Oh, no one's in here. Who cares? I will tell you what. When I go back to work, I
0: want to buy a hazard suit, the full deal, big yellow thing. Just walk in, pour your beer with gloves on. There you go.
1: Yeah, I, like I thought about. I told someone at work that it's like you think if I'm out there scrubbing the counters in in one of the one of those suits, it's gonna be tears people from coming in. Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> Make it a themed event. Okay, I'll get
0: away with it at the club. Like, dress up in your favorite biohazard suit.
1: Just get get like a little little straw opening for uh, <laughs> serving them drinks. It's like, all right.
0: Yeah, I really don't know what's going to happen with it. I think we'll probably open in September, but I can't be too sure. It's all up to the government. The problem we have here: the um, the prime minister is in charge of the federal things. Will come out and say, "Oh, these are the guidelines." but it's up to state and territories. And people say, oh, that's just passing the blame. I'm like, well, it's different states and territories. Like a lot of states, they have no cases and well, in territories. Like the Northern Territory, it's a pretty small territory. They, they've had um, zero cases for, I think, three weeks now, so they can start opening back up. But in Victoria, they have had an outbreak at a meatpacking plant, so they're not going to be open for a while and that sort of thing. So everyone seems to think all the rules are going to apply nationwide on a state-by-state basis.
1: Yeah, it's just it's 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 crazy how like it went from like a no- like nothing because I remember when we were hearing about it in like China and Italy, I I wasn't even thinking like oh it's gonna come here I was just like oh sucks to be them, and, and that would have been to, oh I would have been a good time to stock up on you know clean supplies, hand sanitizer, soap where it's so scarce these days at least in my area it is. Oh, we have the same thing here. The whole toilet paper craze started here first for some reason. Well, toilet paper that one at least it's it's you still can't go down an aisle and like expect there's still a little bit, but like like I think last Sunday is when I usually do my grocery shopping, like I go there right when they open, and then uh, I took time to get my cart and then I go down all the way to just uh Take a little glance, see what they got. They had like two things of uh, those uh, sanitizing wipes, and of course, someone grabbing them before me. It's like, well, shouldn't have grabbed this card after all. So, <laughs> just man, I, it's like I don't know what what the deal was with the toilet paper because I, I don't know. It hasn't really. I don't know what the symptoms are of uh, getting coroned. It I don't. I don't think it was diarrhea or anything like that. So. It's just like a, it's probably like when there's I don't know how it is in Australia since you guys are I assume you guys have like great weather year round unless you got like hurricanes or something. But I know when there's like thunderstorms or or threat of snow, people go crazy with the, the milk, the bread, just stocking up on stuff like they're going to be trapped in their ha- homes for like weeks on weeks at a time. Oh well, we've had crazy environmental stuff happen here. So,
0: had droughts, like droughts been a common thing in Australia for ages, but it's really bad drought, and really gone away. And then there was bushfires, a few months, and then floods, and then coronavirus. So it hasn't really let up. It went from oh, help the farmers out with this drought, help people out the bushfires, and then when people wanted to rain. It just flooded, which d- still didn't really help people. They're like, oh, we wanted rain, but not this much rain. <laughs> and then it went into coronavirus. So, yeah, can't <laughs> things have really
1: been great as far as Australia, as far as uh, weather's concerned. Yeah, it seems like you guys are just getting, like, one extreme after another. It's like, it's like one of those video games where, like, you're having, like, a real tough time at this level. It's like, man, I wish I could just get through this finally. You beat it that section you get to the next one it's even harder it's like man i wish i was dealing with that that thing that i couldn't beat at first because this is a cakewalk compared (laughs) to what i'm doing now
0: yeah definitely like i was very fortunate there wasn't any um bushfires near me but for days on end the cloud the not clouds the skies would just be smoke like i went to sydney to see eric andre and he joked he's like it just looks like total recall outside it's just the smoke everywhere and then people wearing masks for the bushfires, because obviously smoke everywhere. They should have stuff piled up more for when the virus went around.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, nobody really wants to stay home, so it's just, like, getting worse and worse. Like, I don't know if if that's really... Like, with the flu, is it, maybe it's just because they had, like, the annual vaccines, because I don't remember there being too much of a push... Like nationwide, like just overnight, to really mention anything, it's just like, oh, get your flu shot at your local drugstore. And other than that, they didn't really push too much,
0: yeah. I think it's because of the mortality rate of like people dying as high as the main concern and how infectious it is. Because they're saying, like, oh, the flu kills X amount of people in a year, but this is killing like X amount of people. I'm obviously not, uh a doctor or a viral disease expert but that's pretty much what I've gathered from
1: articles I've read yeah and I don't know there's something about like just getting in the car and like uh, turning on the radio and just hearing this all day every day and I was like every time I hear them say COVID-19 I, just, uh, I just kind of cringe and roll my eyes I like I, ju- I just want to go to the mailbox I don't want to deal with this right now
0: Oh, it's inescapable. Like, even if I was just trying to watch and keep my mind off it, like, I was just watching um, Foxtel, which is kind of, like, cable-y, and they just had reruns of American Dad and Family Guy. So I watched Family Guy on this whole episode about how Lois becomes an anti-vaxxer and this disease is all spreading around uh, Quahog. And then I watched American Dad, and they TP this guy's house and they get a harsh sentence because he's like, "Oh, we had a toilet paper shortage back then." The joke was like, "How ridiculous a toilet paper shortage would be?" I'm like, "Yeah, how ridiculous would that be?"
1: Yeah, like uh, recently, I uh, since I, I didn't see it in theaters, but uh, the Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw movie, it was almost even though it happened before uh, the coronavirus. The plot is uh, they're releasing a biological weapon in the form of a virus that's going to boil people alive. I was like, oh, that seems pretty close to what we're dealing with. So I guess, I guess the moral of the story is we just need to get Rock and Jason Statham just uh, to tackle this, send them to, to China or Italy or something just so you so can give uh, the corona the rock bottom or something.
0: Yeah, I think it was P.I. Someone said something like that, like, you know, when they release a coronavirus movie, it'll be the rock in it. There'll be terrorists for some reason that shows how they defeated their coronavirus. But I have seen Fast and Furious, show I just kind of forgot about what the plot even was because, you know, the Fast and Furious movies are like. But, yeah, you do
1: have a point. That's yeah, just – it's mostly, you know, it's just it's just secondary. It's just a way to get them two together so they can bicker. Like, a, it almost felt like, you know, when – uh in wrestling, it usually doesn't last that long, but when they force two guys that are feuding in a tag team, it's like, this is what would happen if it lasted more than, like, two weeks together, you know? It's just, like, they win the titles, and then one of them will cost it, and then they'll be feuding again. They they never really stick together too long. So it's, like, the whole the whole time I was watching that movie, that's what I was thinking of, just the constant back and forth. It's like, oh, this... I think they just had so much fun uh, interacting in the other movies and they just like, Let, let's just, let's just do it again. And let's just, just go with it. So it's like, just like a two hour uh, promo battle, basically. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, people are
0: paying to see it. Why not? Um, were you going to the cinemas much before they closed down?
1: Uh, the last one I saw was at least in the theater was Joker I mean, I used to make it like a regular thing. Just depending on, uh, like, I'd go like once a week, depending on like how many movies are out in that particular month. I'll just kind of like stagger it out, and then after Joker, I kind of like stopped a little bit. Like, what, what? I still followed like what was coming out, and uh, so I'd like kind of make a list, and then I was like, okay, I'll just I'll get these on stream later on it had nothing to do with Corona or anything like that. It's just like uh, save a little money and stay home. And then uh, all this, you know, Corona stuff started happening and what's kind of funny is it, well, not funny for them, but it's really affecting like the, the movie business, obviously, because they're suspending like releases that are, they're already in the can and ready. But cause you know, there's going to be no one to go out and see them. And, I don't know if you noticed it. I don't know how it, it works there. I'm sure it's the same thing. But like, you know, when movies come out, they uh, advertise on like products like bowls of cereal or uh, chips. And I noticed it at work when I'm in the vending machine. They got like a Wonder Woman or Quiet Place 2 in theaters blank. I was like, no, that's not happening right now. So but obviously they already printed out the, uh, the you know, the Dorito bag. So there's nothing they can do.
0: Yeah, here like a lot of times we get advanced screenings and some movies will even come out earlier in Australia. So there was advanced screenings for A Quiet Place 2 being advertised. It was like on a Wednesday and I'm pretty sure on the Tuesday they had to come out and say, yeah, this isn't coming out anymore, sorry. Like I've even right. seen on TV they have ads that they've obviously paid for in advance and it just cracked me up. There was an ad for a cruise ship. It's like Wonder Awaits. just of things I'm like, Man, even after this, I don't think anyone's going to be game enough to go on a cruise ship because I remember my grandparents went on a cruise and they had some outbreak of some virus a few years ago. It's like the absolute worst place to
1: be if you're going to get sick. Yeah, I kind of teased my parents about it because they went on a a week cruise to like Mexico or something the first week in March. Like, I don't know if it was affecting America at the time, but it was like right around – when it was starting to you know bubble up a little bit so i was like you guys probably brought it over here my dad's like it's been two weeks we don't got it so you know i don't I don't know if that's official or not because you know you might have it but uh showing no symptoms i haven't visited them really uh in the past couple of weeks or a month or two anyways because of this so who knows but you know when i still have to go to work so i'm kind of exposed to the public and coworkers kind of joke about it. It's like, well, if one of us got it, we all probably got it. So, and like, anytime I hear like a sneeze or someone coughing, that's instantly my, my thought process. Like, uh Oh, someone's got it.
0: Yeah. And the same thing, even little things, like I see people still coughing into their hands. They constantly tell you, you know, coughing in the elbow. I'm like, what are you doing, man? That's a 2019 thing. Coughing in your hands isn't a thing anymore.
1: I'm like I, I had to take care of a customer and like make this handoff with them, and he wanted to do the elbow touch. It's like, well, why do we need to do that at all? I can't just like, <laughs> it. it's like, thank you. That's all you need. You don't, don't have to touch at all.
0: Yeah, exactly. I saw two old guys do that just before work closed and shake hands. He's like, oh, it's a thing anymore. And he's like, we're gonna do the elbows, and they did the most awkward elbow thing. It's like, like. Why? Like I noticed when they have uh, the supermarkets now, because we have like uh, like X's at the grocery store. Like you got to yeah, stand yeah. here and everything. And then I've noticed it didn't really make much difference to me when I was shopping because I just naturally stay away from people when I was shopping anyway. those people goes right up to someone where they're looking at something to get like a bag of chips,
1: I just wait for them to get out of the way. Yeah, I'm I'm sure like without the X's, people would just be. Even with the access, it, ain't ma- it doesn't matter too much, but it would just be, like, right on top of each other. And So have they uh, done the thing where, like, they're limiting the entrance to you guys, like, in places like that? Or so yeah. I've heard some stuff. Like, at my work, it actually ha- – we put, like, notices out there, and it is – one of them said, please limit to 10 or – 10 or less is like i'm just reading that it's like well how are we going to enforce this are you going to like post me outside the door and like i can't let another person in until at least one more exits if we hit the limit it's just like people people aren't gonna like read that stuff so
0: yeah they actually have security cards at a lot of places now just for that one job be like oh you can have five people and they kind of like, oh, can you wait outside? Like, say a couple goes in and like, oh, if one of you isn't buying, can you wait outside? And that sort of thing. Like, I know Sandra's work. She works in a board game shop. And since this pandemic, their sales have skyrocketed because our prime minister made a remark about jigsaw puzzles being essential. And since he made the remark, their puzzle sales have just been phenomenal. However, it's also a problem because the you know supply chain's obviously been interrupted. So she said she was just stressing out cause, you know, people would be hovering right over. Cause she opened a box of puzzles and, you know, they've got to put it put it through the system and all that. They just can't sell it straight away. She's like, you know, get back. I can't sell these straight away. And you know, there's this virus going around, like give me some space. So I, I'm very fortunate in a position where um, they introduced the jobkeeper program. In Australia, which works out to be about 80% of my wages because it's more so for people where their work is still open but their shifts have been reduced. So the government pays their work to pay them basically, but my work's just completely shut. So, yeah, I'm fortunate that I'm still able to get paid and not work at the moment. That lasts till September until they reopen things. But, yeah, even the two days where my work was open when I went back from holidays... I was just completely on edge. It's like, yeah, don't want to touch this. Don't want to touch.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. Like seeing people like out and about in public. Cause they'll have the, uh, the mask on the gloves and they'll do their shopping. And I don't know. I don't know what they do when they get home. Cause for me, what I've been doing is it's just kind of like a paranoia thing. It's like, I'll get home and then I'll just kind of like wipe the groceries down with like, all a Lysol wipe or something just, uh, it probably, I don't know if it does anything because I always like joke to people because on the, on the boxes, they say kills 99.9% of germs and viruses, bacteria. It's like maybe uh Corona the 0.01 since it's new and who knows if this stuff even works, But uh, just kind of a precaution. So I'm just wondering if like, once people get inside, like are they doing anything crazy like maybe there's corona on the bags that you just put it in and you're bringing that inside i don't know it's just i guess i not not necessarily you know if 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 we get it you know as ivan drogo said if if we die we die but you know there's only so much we can do
0: yeah it's probably my biggest concern with getting it like there's stories of people in 20s and 30s that have a real hard time with it but my biggest concern would be passing it on to relatives that are elderly or people who know the immune compromise and that sort of thing but i'm more than able to stay at home for two weeks and not go anywhere if i get it so that wouldn't be a huge disaster for me
1: yeah i kind of joke because since i work hasn't really been interrupted for me it's like i almost would like to be you know quarantine for like two weeks just to get some time off it's like it's kind of double-edged sword. it's like okay well I could be out of work and then just have no income and then because it's cause my uh, apartment complex is always like emailing us is like if you're having you know trouble paying your bills contact us and like if you can please just pay it right away so you know there's not issues going forward obviously there's gonna be no evictions anytime soon but you know, eventually yeah. stuff will get sorted out. And then I'm sure when the courts open up, that'll probably be like a big thing. People want their money. So it's like, get them out. So there's no more Corona to deal with. You had your yeah. six months of sympathy.
0: <laughs> yeah, and weird position like that as well. So my landlord, the house I'm renting, he put it up for sale before um, Corona got serious. And it's getting near the, towards the end of my lease anyway, which is fine. I'm going to prove for a new place. Oh, yeah, good. And then my workplace shot. And this is before they introduced the JobKeeper scheme or anything like that. So I had to call up and be like, hey, I can't take this place. I'm oh, nice enough to give my um, deposit money back because I would have just saw on my payslip club. And they're like, oh, yeah, obviously this workplace is shut. But now they just had showings and they were banned for a while, but, like, no one's buying it. So it's just the awkward thing, like, how long do I want to ride this out? Because I don't know what's going to happen. Because say I signed a 12-month lease, I only know what's happening with my, um, work for six months. Like say it's not viable to go back. I have to find work elsewhere. So I'm just like, do I want to just keep sitting here? Cause no, no one's going to buy it to begin with. Cause it's a hard like sell as it is. Cause I live in a highway across from a skate park and there's always all sorts of crimes going on the skate park I live next door to a like display home, that the landlord also owns and people are constantly graffiting it and smashing the windows. So even before that, like, The only people would be interested in buying it are probably commercial buyers that just want the land, maybe put a shop here because it's on a highway. I can't see someone and buying it to occupy. So yeah, I'm just kind of like double-edged sword. I'm like, do I just stay here and ride it out, wait for it to sell? But they're gonna have to keep having showings every week. I just try and move and be like, look, I can I sign a six-month lease because I don't know what's gonna happen six months from now.
1: Yeah, my uh, my parents recently—they well, not really—they bought a plot of land and plans to build something. And then they were just gonna try and sell their house. I was just kind of joking. It's like, well, who's gonna buy it in this? You know, a lot of people don't have jobs right now, and who's who's got uh who got that kind of cash or financing to just start buying houses right now? But we'll see, I guess. Because you know? I I do see some like construction companies at work as I'm passing by, I see them, they were probably already building these houses. So they're just kind of finishing up, but I see them still out there, you know, building. So clearly uh, something's going down home ownership wise.
0: Yeah. I feel that like the people are the uh, broke. They don't have money to buy a house. or the people who are smart and been saving money to buy a house. They're like I should wait a few months because house prices are going to go down even further and get a really good deal. I think they're thinking. So they're saying, like, that's the real estate market's doing really badly
1: here in Australia. I was assuming it is worldwide. Yeah, I'm kind of not really stuck, but I'm in a lease for like a while. Not that I uh, was looking elsewhere. It's just like kind of weird. Like, if if it just, if they spring it on you, like your guy did, like, all right, you know, I'm trying to sell this. And then I assume. Like during these showings, are you still there, or are you just kind of hanging out? Oh, I, and
0: like... I can be, but I just go for a walk. I don't, I don't want people to look through the house because it's an older house and it needs some work. Where they're like, "Oh, this needs fixing," and everything. It's just wear and tear because the house is so old. Um, we're about to hit the sixty minute mark. Do you want me to just stop this recording and I'll go to a part two because it's going to cut off in like ten seconds. Sure. Uh, welcome back to part two. We're talking to Richard Waters, AKNS we were just chatting about the real estate market now it's not really doing so well at the moment. So as you
1: were saying about uh, your lease. Yeah. I, I uh, this was, I guess, back in September and people have told me it's dumb and maybe it is, but I actually signed a two year lease cause I was, it's a, an apartment complex. and I was pretty happy with it. But You know, things can change as this shows us like in a heartbeat, like I could have lost my job and you know, then I'd be, you know, Doing that walk of shame. It's like, well, here's my 60 day notice. I hope I can afford it until then. And then I don't know what I would do at that point. Like maybe move back in with the parents or see if I can find something else. But yeah, I know what you mean. Cause it pretty much just happened overnight.
0: Like I remember I worked Friday, Saturday. I was meant to work Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I was getting ready for work and I just saw a throat and started coughing like, oh, oh no. I'm like, I had to call in a worker short notice, but I'm like, I'm sure they'll understand. They're like, yeah, that's fine. There's not many people here anyway. So I didn't get to work that night. And then later that night, they're like, Oh, all the bars are shut tomorrow and clubs. People are just pretty much out of work overnight and just seeing the lines at um at Centrelink, which is like a, a, um like welfare services place. They're just showing lines of like the great depression. Cause people saying, Oh, I had $10 left. I, so thought I was going to be in a job, and then overnight their workplace is closed. And there was just lines, streets to streets, with like people 1.5 meters apart. I don't know what that is in um, feet, but, um, yeah, it was just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I, the economy seems to be, you know, just wrecked because since, like, most of us, most of these countries are just, like, a, a complete service economy, so, you know, restaurants, bars, that sort of thing – they took a hit. Like there's a, there was a Mexican restaurant near me. They called it Viva Tequila. I went there once. It was, you know, pretty standard, that sort of thing. But as I, I drove by recently and I see they've written it off and they're selling the building. And I guess it just makes perfect sense. Cause, uh, you know, I don't know how big these, uh, these sit down restaurants, they still do, you know, takeout, but I don't know how, uh, how profitable that is for them right now they're just losing so much business. So they probably just say, you know what, let's just close up shop. This ain't going to work. So especially with Taco Bell across the street, I guess, you know, they're not competing with that. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, for example, the restaurant, my work's pretty big, so I don't know if they could even have 10 people that just wants to have like, a you know, a skeleton crew of staff on, But some places like oh you can have up to 10 people i'm like how is that profitable like you're just gonna lose money opening back up you may as well wait till you can get to a reasonable amount of people you're gonna make money off rather than just opening up and
1: losing more money plus like I, i don't know the like the business side of things but i've always heard like the uh the restaurant industry is like just razor thin margins like they're barely making a profit as it is so like you cut their like business in like half to th- three fourths. It's just like they're losing money, just trying to stay in business. So, just got to close up shop. Unless it's like a a big chain restaurant that can like kind of absorb some losses or something, or you know, just a lot of, a lot of job losses and like if you're still working, you kind of take it for granted that you know it could just overnight just change and if it wasn't this it could have been something else so it's like never really experienced like anything like this because i've only been working for a living for like eight to ten years so i never really had to deal with like trying to get benefits not affording your rent that sort of thing so
0: yeah it's just crazy when people say that the um, economic loss is just as bad as the virus, because you know people that can't find work, are gonna re- starve or resort to all sorts of things like breaking into places that, well, not many places you can break into if I don't know. <laughs> Like my workplace had to put up, um, because we had problems breaking before. Like all the stock has been sent back to suppliers. All the money from the machines has been banked. Like there's no point breaking in. Don't even worry about. It.
1: Yeah, and, like, for a while, like, the I guess, like, maybe the whole of March, like, I was starting to, like, cook at home and, like, not eat out as much. And then, like, I, I was too scared to even, like, go on the drive-thru because I was thinking, like, oh, they got corona and they might sneeze in the air and they'll get on that. Then I started thinking, you know what, that's probably just as bad as, you know, buying this stuff in the grocery store, so. I ended up like downloading some fast food apps and storing my credit card on there and just trying to like pay for it that way. That way I'm not exchanging cash, not giving them like a credit card. It's like, well, I'll just take my chances at this point. So now now I'm back into like that bad habit of like after work just hitting a few clicks and all right, I got my food. So so far so good anyways.
0: Yeah, do similar things or um my workplace is basically right out my window as is the kfc that's in front of it depending on what perspective you're looking at. they just have an app we just go in order when we because i normally do that on my break that way i didn't have to stand there and line up between people that are going to take like 15 minutes to order and only a half an hour break i'm like well it's half my break gone so i just order on my walk from work to kfc to be all ready to go but now I just do that because they're not accepting cash, and I'm like, I might as well just do that. It's going to charge my card anyway. But there would just be a huge line in the drive-thru and the only person in there just standing all the way back on this mark because they just have me and one security guard and they're like, oh, do you have the online order? I'm like, "Well, yes, I'm the only person in here.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm not sure, like, how prevalent, like, like the app orders are because it's it's, it's new to me. I've only been using them for like the past month and I never, cause I always just use cash. Like I use that as like a way of, you know, kind of controlling my expenses. Like I give myself a, like an allowance at the beginning of the month or the week. And then if I run out of cash before the end of the week, then I just stop buying uh, you know, gas and groceries, little snacks or whatever, just to uh, try and curb the spending on my credit card. And ever since I went to the app, you know, just prices don't matter anymore. And that's probably what they want. You know, I could just click it. And it's like, oh, that looks good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and as I'm going in the drive-thru, I feel like I'm the only one who's actually doing that because I'm waiting the guy in front of me handing over cash or that sort of thing. It's like, well, one less, at least in my case, it's one less thing that we're exchanging between each other.
0: Yeah, as I said, a lot of places here um just refusing cash. I don't know the actual legality of that because I'm pretty sure you can't refuse any legal tender. Like I was guilty of it. Someone gave me a $5 note that was like bizarre. It was like, like our money isn't made of paper, but this one was. I'm like, what is that? I'm like, I can't accept this. So I gave it back to him. He's like, oh, okay. And then I looked it up. I'm like, no, that was legal tender. I had to accept that even though like, we had an automatic like, money counting machine. I wouldn't have accepted it. But like I've been to the – I went to New York City for two weeks, but I pretty much pay card for everything as it is. But I found in the U.S. paying cash for everything was much easier because, for example, we don't have tipping here. So when you're in a restaurant, like you don't have to worry about that. We're in the U.S., I just found it easy to carry cash that way to work out the tips and everything like that.
1: It's it's kind of interesting you say that because uh, I've always felt like for a lot of people – I mean, maybe it's different in New York City versus, like, just regular suburbs where I live, but like, just having cash, people, like, they're just – we're heading towards more like a cashless society anyway, just everyone using credit and, like, apps and Google Pay and that sort of thing. It's like I always felt like the odd man out carrying cash around, but, like, if I went to, like, a sit-down restaurant just because, you know, the American tipping thing – I always like to carry the cash with me because I don't want like a waiter walking away with my credit card, you know, doing doing some nefarious charges or just jotting it down. So I always leave the cash down. And I have noticed that uh, as far as like the tipping is concerned, like if I give them whatever and then they come back with change. Now, if it's me and let's say the change is five, They'll come back with a fiber instead of like five ones. I'm like, what are you trying to do, dude? I always usually have singles on me. So I don't know if they're hoping they'll get that five is just laziness or since it's the only you know change I supposedly have. So that's definitely something I hate about. Not in fast food, obviously, but you know, just sit-down restaurant. The uh the tipping culture in America. Like uh since you guys don't have it, is it is the price reflected in like the food or is it just a case of they're just paid like a regular wage? So it's not an issue.
0: Uh, Things are a bit dearer here, especially when you consider the conversion rate at the moment, which even still um, isn't that great. But yeah, things are a bit dearer, not astronomically dearer, but yeah, they just paid a decent wage. But I noticed the service was a lot better in the U S well, and until at other places where they realized myself and Sandra were Australian, they're like, oh, these idiots don't know how to tip. And they just kind of really wouldn't bother with the service. I'm like, oh, well, I actually don't understand how the tipping system works. But, you know, yeah, they just know. hear the
1: accent. They're like, uh they don't know. And then it's like, I've seen videos online where it's like, people are like joking about it. It's like, oh, we know how the tipping system works, but... We, we just don't because you're going to assume we don't, we don't know how it works anyway. So focus on you.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um Yeah, the most awkward thing was with a bathroom attendant. I've never seen a bathroom attendant before in my life. So oh will hold them in. I'll, I'll get a, um, a dollar note. That's one thing I loved about the US here for $1. Like we just have $1 coins, which is just incredibly annoying I'd much rather $1 notes. Not they carry much cash anyway but i just hate carrying coins i'd
1: I'd much rather have notes. yeah the only time with like coins for me is like i keep them in the uh the the cup holder in the car so like when i break a dollar i just dump it in there and then all i end up doing is like taking them when i'm going to work like i'll go to the car during my break all right let's see if i have enough for this soda and just exchange it that way but yeah, I I would much prefer just all all bills or something. It's it's, it's just kind of weird because I I think in like I don't know if did Japan have both? Because I I know when I'm watching like anime or something, I see them dealing with like change and they'll have it in like this little pocket purse or something. It's like it's kind of weird to have just nothing but you know coins for a living.
0: Yeah, it is a good point. I know a few people that went to Japan. I'll have to i'll have to ask them
1: of course it could just be like no fictional for the show and not necessarily like like japan in general so
0: yeah it's pretty funny when i was in the
1: u.s it's just a lot of things are like
0: we both speak english but like the the words and measurements for a lot of things like here standard order like a large well um like a standard coca-cola bottle drink you'd ask for 600 mil coke me not thinking, obviously, guys done a millimeters over there. I just went, i can I six hundred mil coke, and the guy's just looking at me like from another planet. I'm like, oh, uh, right, hold on, let me find out what that is in ounces, and I'll get back to <laughs> you.
1: Yeah, it's like that that whole uh, the British Australian thing, where like the different words mean different things. Like, uh, it's always kind of fascinating. You guys got like chips and crisps and that sort of thing. Like, like. Yeah, like you got your fish and chips, and the, I'm just get so confused about that. It's like, no, I want fries. No, these are fries.
0: Yeah, there's a few ones that are uh, um, like uh, uh fenny in the US isn't the same in Australia, and same with thongs. Like thongs here are just flip flops, which the, the sounds it, obviously not in the US. Yeah. <laughs> Like it was just weird. Like I went up to a hot dog stand. We're both speaking English. He sells hot dogs. I'm like, hi, can I please get a hot dog? He's like, what? Hi, can I please get like this hot dog? It's about seven times. I mean, we're both speaking English here, man. What's going on?
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Like, uh, when you've visited New York City, because I've never been there myself. Is it is it like all the you know the things you've seen on TV and movies or is it like, is that slightly exaggerated?
0: Well, uh, pretty much from what I'd seen in movies, the thing that made me um, the happiest is the first night I was there. This guy's come around in a van and um, he's committed to the turn. And this old guy in a walker starts walking out and the guy in the van beeps at him and he does the old, Hey, I'm walking here thing. And that just made my trip. I'm like, yes, just like in the movies. But the weirdest thing for me also was the whole uh, driving on the right hand side of the road thing. Like, oh, yeah. we'd, we'd hail a taxi down and then realize we're standing on the wrong side, like in a one way street. Like, oh, yeah, right. Hold on. We'll cross over.
1: Yeah, it is kind of weird. Like, you guys are on the left, and like, it's it's funny, like, watching shows that are based on that and then seeing you, the drive, the steering wheel, and, like on the other side. It's just like all inverted, but.
0: I can't tell it, you how many times sorry to interrupt how many times I've played uh, Grand Theft Auto or, or One Warfare, I've got to get in a vehicle and then realize I've gotten in the wrong side and get shot trying to get received. in. <laughs> so what were you gonna say?
1: I was gonna say it's just it's it's kinda of fascinating. Like we all came from originally, you know, England. They they shipped you guys to Australia, we defected and we all speak English and yet all have like these little little things that are different even though we're kind of the same, you know. Yeah, definitely. Of course, everyone else in the world is on the metric system, except for America. Yeah, the spelling of
0: words is the biggest thing. Because at one point in time we had Microsoft Word here. There was no way to change it to UK English. So say I'd write color with a U, it'd come up. That is incorrect. So same <laughs> people get in trouble at, at school, because they just use Microsoft Word, use the autocorrect. And auto correct everything to U.S. spelling. The teachers would be like, "Yeah, this isn't spelled correctly here."
1: I guess I guess they had to change it just to justify, like, "Well, no this this has to be the correct, you know, version." We're we're number one after all. So,
0: like with the accents, a lot of things make sense. Like, mother is M-O, so uh, mom. Like, M-O-M makes sense. Even though Australian accents, it's M-U-M, and that's what it sounds like when I say it. It's hard to say, like, mum with an O with a mics And the things like that I can understand, like, makes sense. Other things, I'm like, oh, uh, like, I can see kind of where how the accent has changed and taken the spellings out of certain words. But things like Ring of Honor, like, I just write Ring of Honor how it's spelled in the U.S. because that's what the company's called. It's American company, so I just keep it that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 whole color thing with the UR and I don't know, sometimes it seems like we're spelling it ER and you guys have it RE just those those little things and just the the way you say things like you guys will refer to it as telly or is that just or is that a UK thing? Oh, people call it telly here as well, but yeah, it's more of
0: a UK thing because obviously like people <laughs> were are it to be prisoners uh, from the uk and then obviously free settlers but yeah a lot of uk stuff rubs up here but uh, the most australian thing is people shortening the words and names for everything like in australia if your name is more than four letters even then whatever your name is it's going to get short and you're not going to be called your full name like my name's fergus nine times out of ten it'll just be ferg or something like that or like fergo even people that have it a long name they'll just add O to the end of it they're making sure in like like uh, gas stations here called service stations so we just call them server so it's pretty much just just laziness <laughs> was the biggest yeah. thing here with everything getting shortened
1: I think uh, when I took took Spanish in school that was like the I can I think more people do this more just me but the the cheat sheet is just add an O to everything and that and that, that translates it from English <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah I'd be interested to learn Spanish because a lot of stuff, like, I can kind of see where they're going with it, like, oh, yeah, I understand, and obviously there's a lot of um, Spanish influence with wrestling, a lot of Mexican wrestlers, so I can kind of see, like, oh, yeah, I see how they've gotten that word, like, how that kind of translates into English.
1: Yeah, like, uh, back to, like, Hobbs and Shaw, because Roman Reigns is in it, he p- plays, like, just a Minor character, but I, I guess like little words, they kind of, I guess, rest, wrestlers love puns and that sort of thing in their naming of moves, and like the Uso brothers. That's, I guess, that's a Samoan term for like maybe brother or something. So it's like they kept saying Uso Uso. And I was like, oh, so that's what that means. and, and Like, just. Just weird, weird words like Rey Mysterio. That's King Mystery, and just it just sounds so weird translating to English. Even though Rey Mysterio sounds so cool by itself, it's like, well, it's not literally translate this. But
0: yeah, it seems so other language like Rikishi is just wrestler in Japanese. I'm pretty sure, and things like that just sound ridiculous
1: yeah. translated. Even like Yokozuna. I don't know what the what that exactly means. It's like top sumo guy or. It, that's his title but just hearing it like in the mid 90s just sounded like so mysterious and like like a final boss or something
0: yeah like i uh, even if hear people that want to get uh tattoos of stuff in korean and they're like you really don't want to do that because like, the korean language it'll be like look like a huge phrase and it'll be like one or two words
1: yeah
0: and you see the classic case of people getting tattoos in other languages like yeah that that doesn't
1: mean what you think it means yeah, it's like, I saw this written down in a magazine. I
0: thought it looked cool. And that brings up my tattoo as he was sharing the government saying, like, oh, be recommended if you do, um, like, tattooing or if you're doing, like, nail salons and stuff from home. And Sagamore's was, like, his workplace is a sterile environment. They obviously have health checks. They already have to be aware of bloodborne diseases because, say, you tattoo gets infected and everything like that is like his, his shop's as sterile as they can make it. And they're like, Oh, tattoo from home. is like tattooing from home used to be the wrong thing. And he's got kids and pets and that sort of thing. I'm like, wouldn't it be safer to get tattooed in person? Just have an appointment only in a sterile environment.
1: Can I expect uh, people to think logically like that?
0: Yeah. I'm thinking too much of people. So I thought I might wrap things up. We're getting close, just over the 80-minute uh, mark. It's pretty good to talk to you, man. I've been a uh, PW member since I was 14. I think I'm at 29 now. So it's good to to talk to you, in, not in person, but obviously in voice, because we've both been posting on PW for a long while.
1: Yeah, like, uh, it's. A bit, I don't know exactly. When you were, you say you were 14. Do you remember what year that was? Uh, 2005. Okay, that's about around when I uh, joined PW, maybe it's just like a lurker at that point, but I don't know if I knew you as a poster then cuz I think you've had different usernames until you went on uh system. I think the first time I knew of you was like I don't know if you remember this, but it was like one of the PW offshoots like the sister forums they end up making where people try and I don't know what the goal was there, but just like oh, uh, down at Main Street, yeah, that's the one. I mean, there was a few, but that I I remember seeing that. It's just you know, I Not everyone goes to the uh, the offshoot or whatever, but I, that's the first time I think I recall system. And then you know, you wrote your your Death Watch fanfic and and the, and you know the the indie wrestler trials that you've been uh giving us a little heads up because we've had some pro wrestlers on there time to time, but ne- never anyone long-term that you can see, like in the business sort of way. So
0: Yeah. I've noticed a lot of people who like, you can kind of tell when they talk about like really serious stuff, like work rate or whatever, they were kind of bullshit and then you'd the posters like uh balls who just had ridiculous stories about like a midget whispering in, in his ear that she was wet and that sort of thing i'm like yeah that that way i can tell that person's actually a wrestler because 90 of your day isn't wrestling it's setting up and just waiting so the more interesting stories are like because you got to think like you have a 10 minute match you've probably been at the building for like 12 hours that was like the very short part of your day so you find more interest in the stuff that happens outside of the ring yeah it's
1: it's definitely a different perspective than just watching on tv where like they would show up like Twenty minutes before their match is scheduled, like that's not how it works. At least at that level, you know, setting up the ring, doing security, that sort of thing. So it's just like it was. It's always interesting because I do remember balls on there, and then his little little stories. And I think he was on Jerry Springer once too. So yeah, like but yeah, it was. Uh, I was gonna say it's good to talk to you. Finally, get that that voice to person, which is. It's always, like, jarring when I hear someone that you've seen on. that you have spoken to online for, like, years, and then you hear a voice because, like, this whole time you have, like, you built it up in your head. Like, all right, when I read this person's post, this is what I'm thinking of. And then you hear it, it's like, well, that's that's not what I had in mind. Yeah, definitely listen to
0: a PO's podcast. I don't know what voice I was expecting, but it wasn't that. I'm like, man, I love PO's voice.
1: Yeah, something like – I was thinking something like – Soft-spoken, just like really calm. I mean, it still is calm, calming voice, but it's like it's one of those, yeah, radio voice. You just expect it, like just to hear it on 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 the on the news or something. It's like, okay, that's exactly what he's supposed to be.
0: Yeah, uh, as was saying, like I really enjoyed that podcast. It was good to to listen to. I don't know how P Dad does has has the over the sixty minute mark. He must have the Joe Rogan plug, because anytime I go over the fifty nine minute fifty nine minutes fifty nine seconds, it just cuts out of me. So he obviously has the inside plug to record longer. He
1: he must uh he's got that he's got that premium hookup or something. So he must work for the radio industry. That's why he's, that's why he knows a thing or two. So maybe maybe this whole time he's been you know. Creating a persona. It is a wrestling board after all, so
0: needs to get the sponsorship deals. Like use the promo code PDR ten for ten percent off your voucher at Taco Bell or something. And take off at PW sponsorships.
1: Yeah. When all the wrestlers were on podcast one, they all had like the exact same ones, you know, legal zoom and then they try to shill it to you. But try and throw it into like an actual topic. And it just, it just takes you out of it with the, yeah. what was it? Yamaha or whatever the state company Omaha was States. for Jericho. Yeah.
0: Oh, it was so bad, man, to be like, oh, you know, it's been good talking to you. It's been a nice evening. Like that nice evening I had at Omaha Steaks the other day. It's like, fuck off, man. You, you didn't get Omaha Steaks the other day. You're not fooling yeah. anyone.
1: It just, it just takes you completely out of it. It's, uh, there's a, Local radio DJ, he's always going off about getting LASIK surgery. It's like, nah, I'm not not buying what you're selling, dude.
0: (laughs) I think I'll wrap it up as that and start doing some other
1: stuff. So As I said, it was very good to talk to you.
0: Uh, Thank you for being my guest, man. I've been speaking with Richard Waters. You may know him as Ness from the PW Boards, man. Uh, Thanks for coming on the podcast. All right. Thanks for having me.